want to speak to you basically about prayer. And uh, I have an agenda. And you received it when you walked into the door this morning. Let me put my agenda up front so that you know. My agenda is to inspire you and to encourage you that you would sign up and say, I am making a commitment to attend a shofar prayer group at least once a month for the next six months. It was almost a year, but to be nice, we made it six months. And uh, we are starting a new men's power hour. Once a month, last Friday of every month, 5.30 in the morning, there can be no excuses. So uh, that's my agenda. I am trusting to inspire you to uh, make a commitment to partner with God in prayer. And uh, okay, all of you received, I just want to give a a short introduction and we're going to have communion together. Father, we thank you. You are so good. You are so faithful. You are so glorious. And we ask, Lord, this morning that you would minister to our hearts. Father, speak to us. Inspire us. Increase our faith. Strengthen our resolve to stand. To stand for you. And so, God, we ask that you, you, God Almighty, would speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, I don't know if you've just been watching the news and seeing things like uh, ISIS or IS, Islamic State, and things happening in, in Iraq, and uh, Christians being killed, and there's just lots of things happening in the world. And so it's easy to look at these things and to, to, to actually become fearful, to be intimidated, to, uh, to actually start reacting out of fear. I think many things in this world, if we look at it, can actually infect our hearts. Our hearts can become sick if we focus on those things. And so the last few weeks and months I've, I've been, been reading and watching and sharing things on Facebook and and it's, it's, it's affected me in a certain sense. And um, so I heard someone said it this week. For, for heaven to come to earth, for heaven to invade earth, there is a middle man that you need to overcome. That middle man's called fear. That middle man is the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of lack, fear. If, if we can overcome fear... Heaven will invade earth. And so a, a few months ago, I was praying with another pastor from George, and, and, uh, and I just felt God spoke to my heart, and he said, face your fears. Overcome your fears. And so we need to overcome this middle man. And I want to read this verse for, for you, uh, Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3. It says, Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. 
These verses basically says, even if there's darkness all across the world, and there's darkness on the deep darkness on people, the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. Basically saying, fear not. Fear not, for when the glory of God comes upon you, it will bring the solution to whatever darkness is on the face of this earth. And so I, I heard a pastor say this in this week. He said, so when you hear again, when you read again about IS, think Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3. Deep darkness, yes, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. And that's how we overcome our fear, not by looking at the things that are bad and dark, but at looking at who our God is and what He has spoken, what He has said. Every evil in this world is an invitation for you and me to come and receive the glory, to come and receive the solution in God. I believe the solution is hidden in the glory. Everything we need is found in the glory of God. Verse 4 says, lift up your eyes all around you and see. Lift up, lift up your eyes and see what God is doing. See His greatness. See His goodness. See His glory. So we, we need to trust God for these eyes of faith. So does bad things happen to good people? Yes, it does. And so on Friday, we found out with Nopi... And Laurin, uh, he was found guilty in, a, in the court for, uh, for theft. It's false, it's not true, it's false witnesses, etc. And so I was quite upset on Friday. And uh, as I was thinking about it, praying about it, and I, I phoned Nopi and I told him, Nopi, and he was also quite upset. And I told him, Nopi, when you, you have a great calling upon your life. And when you have a great calling upon your life, then sometimes you need to go through great difficulty. Because as you go through great difficulty, it changes something on the inside. It breaks down our pride. It breaks down our selfishness. It breaks down that which is not of God. And it brings us to our knees. So that God's glory can rest upon us. And so it was amazing. Later that evening, he phoned me again, and he said God flipped him around. He had an amazing dream, even while he slept Friday afternoon, where he just saw God coming into, like he, was, he saw like woods, and God just came to open the trees for him, so he could walk through. So anyway, sentencing is in January. He's going to appeal again, and we're going to trust the Lord for deliverance. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And... Uh, I'm just thinking, even as, as, you know, when we came here five and a half years ago, I realized the power of desperation. The power of desperation. It's like God set me up, in a sense, when we arrived here. He set up circumstances to force me to my knees, to force me to come beyond myself. I remember, I mean, most of you know the story, but I mean, Sonica was eight months pregnant. We had Vian just when we arrived here. Couldn't get my house sold in Cape Town, so I was paying 10,000 rand bond on that um, every month. It was empty for eight months. And, uh, you know, a church of 20 or so people. And, uh, you know, it was just, and Sonica wasn't working for seven or eight months. It was just in that moment, you like, 
God, I need you. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I need you. And so I remember these times. I was literally day in and day out. I would just go before God on my knees and I would just worship him. Okay, God, we need you. We need you. If you don't come through for us. And there's something about desperation. There's something about when we pray from a place of desperation. Not unbelieving desperation. Believing desperation. Then God starts to move powerfully. And I remember that first six months being in East London, we would be at our prayer meetings, weekly prayer meetings, and we would just share what God did the previous week. It was like, whoa, God, you're amazing. You're just he's changing lives. You're doing incredible things. But I realized there was a key for me to come to, my, to that place of desperation. We cannot live from a place of comfort. If we want the glory, do you want the glory? Do you want the fullness of God? Then we need to become desperate. With everything within us, we need to become desperate. We need to say, God, whatever it takes, even false accusations, even going through what people would say is terrible things, I'm willing to go through that because I'm seeing for the joy set before me. I'm going to press through. But all I know is, God, you are faithful. You are good, even when I don't understand what's going on. Even as Dion shared this morning, we don't praise God because everything's wonderful. We praise God because of who He is. And then He moves. If you are here this morning and you survived the last month of fascinating messages and challenging messages, and uh, so well done. That is awesome. This church has a I want to commend you. You have a heart and a love for the truth. And that gives me boldness to say it as it is. To say it as it is. Okay, so we want to speak about hidden in glory. Hidden in glory. So let's go to Exodus 24, verse 15 to 18. I'm so encouraged. I am so encouraged of what God is going to do. So I want to take you to Moses, just as a lay a foundation concerning the glory of God. Exodus 24, verse 15. It says, Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. This is just after they came out of Egypt. God appeared on the mountain of Sinai, and he called Moses there. It says, And a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. Let's say that the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. So God called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire. On the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Verse 18. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud. He went into the glory. And went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. What this passage speaks to me is. I believe God is inviting us. Each and every one of us. He's calling to us out of the glory and he's saying, come, come into the glory. 
come into the glory. Come up on this mountain, come into the glory. And it's amazing, Moses went into the glory, and in that glory, God downloaded a blueprint to him. God showed him what the tabernacle of Moses should look like. So in the glory, you receive a download of plans, of blueprints, of what God wants to do on this earth. And so God gave Moses the, the plan, the, the exact plan for building the tabernacle of Moses. And the tabernacle of Moses was the place where God's glory would rest in the midst of Israel. So the tabernacle of Moses would be in the midst of the million plus Israelites as they were in the desert. The glory would come and rest upon this tabernacle. And God gave Moses the plan. He gave Moses the plan. In the glory. So that the glory could be in the midst of the people of God. I believe that's a key for us, for prayer. Why to pray? But let's first just, what is, what is the glory? I believe the glory radiates from God, but it is also God. The glory is the tangible manifestation of the greatness and the power and the goodness of God. The glory is the tangible, tangible manifestation of the greatness and the power and the goodness of God. The glory of God is the solution to the darkness of this world. And so God is calling us into the glory. This week, we, at Sonic and I attended a conference. And so part of the conference is that you go to a, a room where a group of people pray for you and bless you and prophesy over you. And so it's interesting. So they were praying over Sonic and me. And at some stage, I felt God whisper this to my heart. The glory is coming. The glory is coming. And then just after I heard that the one girl started to say, I just saw a vision of you with this glory radiating through your life. I saw it radiating through your eyes and your body. You were like covered in glory. That is a word from the Lord. That is a word from God. And this is my, this is my ultimate passion. The glory. I want God to tangibly envelop us, to tangibly envelop me, wouldn't that be epic? That the glory cloud that Moses experienced on Mount Sinai, that it would fill this place, fill our lives. Isn't that what we're after? We're after God. We want God to be in the house. We want to say, God, you are here, tangibly, manifestly. And so I believe that as the Lord whispered this to my heart, that his glory is coming. And I believe there are different levels of God's glory. Even as we worship this morning, you, you sense the nearness of God. You sense God's closeness. You sense something changes in the atmosphere. And we say, God, we want more of that. We want more of you. We want more of you. So let's say it. The glory is coming. Yes. Now, everything we need is found in the glory. Everything. And so, through prayer, we are called to draw it out of God's glory. Everything we need is found in the glory. And through prayer, we are called to draw it out of God's glory. 
I mean, that's what, what I believe God was speaking to Moses. He was calling to him, saying, come, Moses, come. Come into the glory that I may give to you, download into you what you need to give to this nation, Israel, and then also to the rest of the world. So whatever we need is found in the glory. Moses received it in the glory, and he went down the mountain, and they implemented God's plan so that his glory can come and rest upon God's people. So I believe God is saying to us, partner with me. Come. Come into the glory. Partner with me. And so for me, that's what prayer is about. That's why we need to pray, and that's also what prayer is. Three things. The first thing is when we pray, we step into God's glory. When we pray, we step into God's glory. We experience so many times at Ignite, we are worshiping, we're drawing near to God, and at some point you sense we have now stepped into a greater measure of God's glory. So prayer is to draw near to God. Prayer is to step into the presence of God, even as Moses stepped into the glory cloud. You see, you have a spirit man. Your spirit man can go places. Your spirit can step into another realm, into the heavenly realm. So that's the first thing. Prayer is to step into the glory. Secondly, prayer is to receive blueprints, downloads. Prayer is to receive inspiration from God. Prayer is to, when you're in his presence, then God downloads into you whatever you need. If you're down, you're sad, and you're in his presence, then he downloads to you joy and strength. When you are afraid and you step into his presence, he downloads to you courage, boldness. When you're lacking faith, but when you step into his presence, then he downloads faith into your heart. Everything flows from that place. Everything flows from that place, from the glory. And then thirdly, through prayer, the glory comes near. Or nearer. I believe a house, a church, a people that prays as a lifestyle, the glory will be near. The glory will be near. There's something about when we together start calling out to the name of God. When we become desperate to God, we, we, this is not enough. We want more of you. When, when we start living in a place of desperation, I believe the glory is going to come. The glory is going to come nearer and nearer. And that's, I'd say then, then when, when, when it comes to a certain place and moment of where the glory is sufficient, then it, I'd say it just becomes revival. That's where revival comes. And I believe when the glory is nearer, when God is closer, tangibly, manifestly, our prayers get answered more easily. Things just start to work because God's here. So I want to hold this before you. Let's, let's see God. Let's, let's step into the glory. If you, uh, if you ask most of the pastors in our church group, and if you, and they, and they would summarize me as someone that prays. They would say, Andre's the prayer. I'm thinking I'm more than just a prayer, but anyway, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll go with it. But it's sort of since the day, the day I came to Christ, the next morning, I came to the Lord on a Saturday evening, 
as a student, first year student in Stellenbosch, and the next morning, six o'clock, these crazy people from Shofar woke me up Sunday morning, six o'clock, to take me to a prayer meeting. That's sort of how my journey with the Lord started. Prayer meeting first morning, six o'clock. And I thought, this is weird. These guys, this is weird. This is weird. I was sitting in the corner. I'm like, this is weird. When you come from a traditional church, it's weird. <laughs> but it's so inspiring. You sit there and you think, Yo, I don't know what this is, but I want this. And so something, God birthed something in me. And I, I, this is my lifestyle. This is what I do. You can ask my wife. It is true. <laughs> I pray. I pray. That's what I do. I pray. I pray. Every moment I have of the day when I have a gap, I pray. I seek the face of God. I draw near to the glory because something is calling me. Something is calling me. But I am confronted with this reality that the Lord is calling us as a church to go to another level of seeking the face of God so that the glory can come near. This is what we long for. And it is in our hands. It is our invitation to come and receive it. All we have to do is say, yes, God, I'm going to come. Don't know how, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to seek you. I'm saying yes. And we will experience the glory and East London can experience the glory. 120 in the upper room. Acts chapter 2. The glory came. They prayed for two weeks. And the glory came. The glory of God. So what is the glory? I want to give you a few verses to sort of define glory. John chapter 2 verse 11. The beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And manifested his glory. Let's say that. Manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. What happened? There was a, it was a wedding. The wine. There was no more wine. So Jesus turned water into wine. And the scriptures say, he manifested his glory. And all the alcoholics say, Amen. And he manifested his glory. Do you know what's so beautiful? A miracle is a manifestation of the glory of God. His glory become tangible. What's also so powerful from this verse is it was a silly miracle. It wasn't someone dying. It wasn't someone needing healing. It was, Jesus, we're out of wine. Well, drink water. No, it's silly, and he actually does it. Why? Because I believe he's trying, God is saying to us, whatever it is, it isn't silly. If it's important to you, it's important to me. Doesn't matter how big or how small. And he wants to manifest his glory. But that was miraculous provision. And it says, and his disciples believed in him. You know what happens when the glory of God comes? People start believing. It does something to your heart. It's like when you worship like this morning and you experience your inner space. Suddenly it stirs your faith. It does something to you on the inside. 
manifesting his glory. Philippians 4 verse 19 and 20. This verse speaks of physical provision in terms of finances. That's the context, but I believe it's wider. But it says, and my God shall supply all your need. Say all. All your need. How? According to his riches in glory. According to his riches in glory. In other words, your provision, that which you need, is hidden in the glory. You must come and draw it out. It's already there. It's been made available. After the cross of Christ, when Jesus died and he rose from the dead, all provision has been made available to the people of God. And now God is saying, now come, come and get it. I want to give it to you. Come and receive it through prayer. Come and receive it. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So it's through what Jesus did. It's not, on our, our, it's not by our works. It's not by what, how good we are. It's because of Jesus Christ that we can come boldly to God and say, God, I come to receive. I'm a son of God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. And then it says in verse 20, Now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Which I I think is beautiful. The context there. It says, My God shall supply according to His riches and glory. And now to our God be glory forever and ever. This says to me, the manifestation of his glory increases his glory. Okay, now stay with me. You must listen with your heart. Listen with your spirit. The manifestation of God's glory increases his glory. In other words, when God answers your prayer, he is glorified. Do you think... God's plan is to be glorified in this world, in this earth? Yes. So he wants to answer our prayers. He's, he really, really wants to. Because he gets glorified when he does. When you have cried out to God for financial provision for a specific crisis, and he comes through to you, for you. When you share your testimony, he is glorified. And his glory is increased. His glory is increased. The manifestation of his glory increases his glory. And the scripture says it. The earth will be filled with glory. The earth will be filled with glory. The earth will be filled with glory. So I want to encourage you. God wants to answer your prayers. No matter how small, no matter how big. He wants to. And he is glorified through it. Romans 6 verse 4. Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Resurrection life. You see, when the glory of God comes, physical bodies are healed. Lives are changed. People are delivered. Those far from God are drawn closer. The glory of God. And then we might ask, but God, how do we get more of this glory? How do we get it? John chapter 17 Verses 22 to 24, 23. Verse 22 says, and the glory, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, and the glory which you gave 
me. He's speaking to his father. He's praying to his heavenly father and saying, the glory, father, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. So, what does this mean? We already, by faith, have received the glory. Don't have to work for it. Don't have to earn it. By faith, we can say, God, I already have received the glory. Let's say that. I already have received the glory of God. Amen. Because Jesus said it. I have given them that they may be one so that you may be one with God as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you have loved me. That the world may know there's something that happens when God is in the house. There is something that happens when the glory of God is released through our lives. People are drawn to God. People are drawn to God. The glory. People are drawn to God when the glory manifests. They believe. Let's go for the glory. Let's go for the presence of God. Let's go for what, you see, everything we need is hidden in that glory. And as with Moses, God is saying, come, draw near, draw near. So how do we steward the glory? How did Jesus steward the glory? Let's look at Jesus' life. Luke six twelve. It came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. This is Jesus. He went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Our Ignite on Thursdays, it's an hour and a half. And we chat for about 30 minutes. It's not long. But Jesus prayed all night the day before he had to decide who is his 12 apostles that he's going to appoint. So he prayed. Some say he prayed 12 hours, an hour per who. Per person. Next one, Matthew fourteen twenty three. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. So Jesus prayed through the night. Then he prayed into the night. And in Mark one thirty five, Now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, around 5.30. Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place to chill. And there he prayed. So the moral of the story is Jesus prayed continually. Early in the morning, later in the day, and even right through the night. And he carried glory upon his life. He carried the glory of God upon his life. He carried the presence of God upon his life. Everything we need is hidden in the glory. Whatever you're looking for, whatever you are trusting God for, it's hidden in the glory. The solution to the problems and challenges of this world is hidden in the glory. 
God can give us solutions in His presence, how to do business better, how to solve community problems, whatever the issue in His glory, we can receive the download. We can receive the download. I shared it with the Bible school guys. Um, there was a couple, they weren't Christians, but they were in a manufacturing or a manufacturing business company and they would uh, needed this very specific type of uh, oil or paint, but it was toxic. And there was no, nothing on the market that was non-toxic. And so the husband would try different things, different chemicals, and for a few years he would try different things. How is he going to... He, 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 there was nothing on the market. His wife had a, a, a miscarriage, and uh, and I think later on another and another, another time she actually started to ble- to bleed. She got pregnant again and started to bleed. And his wife was working with him, and then she said, "Honey, I'm going home. I'm going to go home until <laughs> this baby arrives. I'm going to go home and pray." So for the next two to three months, she was sitting on the couch, and she was just praying. And then the one day he would come, he was at lunch, he was at home, and they prayed together. As they were praying, the Holy Spirit revealed to her a chemical composition. She saw the numbers and things in her mind's eye. It didn't make sense to her. She said, well, I'm seeing this. And he said, I know what that is. I know what that is. And he went to his office and he went and he took that exactly as she saw it. And he developed a new non-toxic uh, type of paint. And uh, I understand, it, it revolutionized the industry and they sold their little business for a huge amount of money. And they're actually traveling the world as missionaries, doing the work of the Lord. Everything you need is found in the glory. Everything you need is found in the glory. I find most of my brilliant ideas... Comes from my wife. (laughs) Ah, that for a good comeback. (laughs) Some very good ideas come from my wife as well. But it's amazing how often in prayer something would drop into my heart, into my spirit, and I would just know that's what God wants. That's what I must preach about. That's what must happen. That's what God wants to do. The download from the glory. So pray. What is prayer? Prayer is like a supernatural key to unlock a door from this realm to another realm. Heaven is another realm. Like in modern sci-fi movies, there's always another realm and there's a gate or a door, whatever. It's all stolen out of the Bible (laughs) to confuse the topic. There is another realm. It's called heaven. And we can access that realm through prayer. Prayer is like a key to unlock the door. The door swings open and then we can pull out of the glory what we need and bring it to earth. We can step into the glory and pull it out of the glory and release it on earth. That's prayer. That's prayer. And it's more epic than your best movie. Because real lives get changed. Real people find Christ. Broken bodies get healed. People oppressed by the devil get delivered. That's glorious. That's beautiful. So we need to stretch forth our hands into that realm and, rele- and, and, and bring it into this realm. 
So if you go to some really exciting, charismatic conferences, they would often say, stretch forth your hands and bring down the glory. Okay, so just to flow with them for a little bit. (laughs) I want us to, let's stretch forth our hands into the glory, into another realm, and let's pull down what we need in Jesus' name. Come on. (laughs) You must see it. You must see it because you will start praying differently. You will see yourself, and I, I can, you can feel it when you close your eyes and you're praying and you step, you can feel things change in the spirit. It's real. It's real. We just our physical senses, we can't see it, but we can see the results of it. We can see the life change happening afterwards. So prayer is to stretch forth our spiritual hands into the glory of God, and then we draw out what we need. Amen. Amen. And so that's why God comes to us and he speaks in the scriptures. Jesus says, in terms of prayer, he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Go seek it in his glory. You will find it. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open to you. The door will be open to you. The door will be open to you. So so God is inviting each and every one of us. He's saying, come and ask me. I want to give it to you. Come and seek. You will find it. Come and knock. I'm going to open the door for you. As the scripture says, I set before you an open door that no man can shut. And so God is setting before us an open door. He says, come. Come and receive. Come and receive. By prayer. You see, and it's not just any type of prayer. I've often said this, but it is faith-filled prayer. Faithful prayer. So in other words, you have a key. Prayer is a key. But the key isn't going to get into, this, into the lock if there's no faith. So if you're just praying, it's like you're all over the show. But when you have faith, then you put it into that keyhole and it turns and you see the kingdom coming. Faithful prayer. And that's why I believe God is inviting us and saying to us, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Because you start off, you have zero faith. You say you're terrified. You are freaked out by your environment, your circumstances. But as you keep on pressing in, as you start lifting up his name, as you keep on seeking and knocking and asking, at some stage faith explodes in your heart. You know, often like Ignite evenings, Thursday evenings, when I leave Ignite, ah, we can change the world. I had an encounter with God. Faith is exploding on the inside. It was in the glory and I have received it. And that's what God is calling us to. John chapter 11, verse 40. Jesus, just before he raises Lazarus from the dead, Four days dead. And he speaks to Mary or Martha. And he says, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? According to Jesus, when someone is raised from the dead, that is seeing the glory of God. That is seeing the glory of God. Real faith. Real faith will cause us to tangibly see the glory of God. See the kingdom come. So question, 
Does God want to transform this world? Does God want to transform East London? It's a good time to say yes. Yes. Let's partner with him in prayer. Let's partner with him in prayer. I really feel God is saying the glory is coming. The glory is coming. We're going to be, we're going to stand amazed. We're going to stand amazed at the, at the testimonies of lives being transformed. Even just Sonica just sharing with me just from this past weekend, the ladies weekend, incredible testimonies. Incredible testimonies of life change. Incredible testimonies of people that have been trusting God for certain things for years and now they've got their breakthrough. They encountered the glory. So does God want to bless his children? Say yes. <laughs> he wants to. We access it through prayer. We access it through prayer. And when his glory manifests, his glory is increased. Doesn't matter if it's small or big, God wants to. So this is my challenge. Let's partner with God. Let's steward the glory as Jesus did. Let's take up our place in prayer. Let's make space. I shared this beginning of this term. I shared the message of the secret place. And I said, you have to say no to a whole lot of other things if you want to say yes to God. You have to say no to a whole lot of other things to say yes to prayer. It is uncomfortable. It is easier to go and sit in front of the TV. But that's more boring than spending time with God and coming before Him in prayer. Okay, so get your cards out there. Do you have a card? Do you have a card? You should have received a little partnering with God card. Partnering with God in prayer. Next week I'm going to be sharing about the power of corporate prayer. Why praying together as a church, as in groups? Why is that so powerful? So I'm going to focus on that. Okay, let me read it to you there again. I am making a commitment to attend a shofar prayer group at least once a month for the next six months. Name and email. So we can keep you up to date. Then you can choose. This is a Western world, so people like options. So we have given you three options. Every Thursday evening... From 7 to 8.30, we pray in the foyer, and it's, we call it Ignite. Also time of just ministry to one another. So it's Ignite Thursdays. So you can, we've, we've made four teams of people, four different leaders. So once a month, that team is on to take responsibility for Ignite. Then Sunday mornings, quarter past eight. In general, it's me, Jeff, and Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes some others as well. But I'm still standing strong. Then we're starting, last Friday of every month, we're starting a men's power hour. From 5.30, Jesus got up earlier, before the sun was up. So 5.30, last Friday of every month, is going to be at Rion's house. I hope he's told his wife, I don't know. We're not going to look in that direction. 
Men's Power Hour. It's in Vincent Road. You drive up Beach Road, it's just, it becomes Vincent Road as you go over the traffic lights. So, guys... We repent. <laughs> Hudson Avenue. Okay, that was a mistake. Hudson Avenue, next to Hudson Primary. Okay, but guys, this is my challenge to all the men. Guys, we are made for war. That's why we like war movies. Action, shooting everybody up. Killing them. The more blood, the better. We are made... To take up our place in the spirit as prayer warriors. It's like, I believe we come alive. It's like you are now fighting for your environment, society, for your family, for your home. So my challenge to the guys, let's do this. Once a month. Otherwise, Ignite Thursdays or Sunday mornings. If you can't make Thursday evening, Sunday mornings, quarter past eight, once a month. That's all we're asking, once a month. And my, I'm putting out my faith that as we start exposing ourselves to prayer environments, it's going to bite us in a good way. It's going to bite us in a good way. We're going to come alive. We've got to start praying and seeing the glory come. Amen.